Hi, my name is Blaine Monahan, and I'm the president and CEO of Pacific Ridge Exploration Limited. We are listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol PEX, Papa Echo X-Ray, and the OTCQB under the symbol PEXZF. Uh, our goal is to become BC's leading copper gold exploration company. We have five copper gold porphyries in BC, and two of them will be drilled this year, starting up within the next several weeks. Blaine, good to see you. So you're at the end of February. Um, what was happening then? You just done three holes, two good ones, one sort of okay one, but you needed to raise some money. Were you able to raise money? We did, thank goodness. You know, I, I certainly wouldn't want to be raising money right now. So it was a, a very successful raise. We raised it on the back of our third drill hole, which was our last drill hole from last uh, year's drill program. We went out there initially looking to raise about uh, 6.3 million. Um, and it was oversubscribed. It was it was broker led, so we had, we had two brokers leading it, M Partners and Red Cloud, and we ultimately raised seven point four million dollars, which funds uh, a six thousand meter drill program at Clyul, and some earlier exploration work at some of our, our earlier stage projects. So all in all, uh, very pleased to get that money in the door. Uh, as I said, it would be very, very difficult nowadays, and it puts us in very good shape for us to complete this year's exploration program. It's fully funded, so we're very pleased. Okay, well, we'll come on to that in a second, but man, t timing the market, that, that's a tough one. It must have been, well, relatively expensive money. Yeah, I mean, I think we always look at these things where you're always trying to time it. I mean, always you're trying to reduce your cost of capital. In an ideal world, we would have been able to raise that money on the back of the very first drill hole when, you know, the share price went from, you know, 14, 15 cents up into, you know, the 34, 30 to 40 cent range. Um, but the market wasn't there for us at the time because the market was still knew we had two more holes to release. So the market was waiting for those two more holes. And the second hole was was equally as good, if not better than the second hole. And I think the share price got up to about 58 cents. And then the third hole, while good, just wasn't as good as the first two. And then the market knew that, well, that was your third hole. You've got more news to release and the market came off. Uh, unfortunately, we were in the position where we just had to pull the trigger at that time so we could move forward and, and start lining up and planning our exploration program. And we needed the funds to do that. I'm, I'm fascinated by how companies down at you know, your level, really, you know, super early exploration stage, you know, how you make those decisions. Because... I know you were kind of, we talked about half a million bucks last time we spoke in February. You've got a choice. You can say, well, I don't think this is going to last long. Let's just hold, hold back a little, a little bit and raise the money when I think the market kind of recovers and you'll all recover, all boats fly, it flows in a, in a high tide sort of scenario. Or you say, we need to remain in control. We'll raise some money. We'll see what it costs. If it if it is not jaw-droppingly expensive, it's really a case of what can we do with that, which signals um, the fact, one, we're in control, and two, we're, we're building sort of a creative value by our actions. I mean, what, what was that discussion internally? There's a lot of moving parts. And, and just based on your question, I mean, there's a few questions in there. So I think the, the first part of your question is how, how do you go about it? One is you're you're always looking for that, that lead order. Uh, so for us, it would have been, we were looking for maybe a corporate strategic investor or a large fund or institution. And if you have any one of those groups willing to take, you know, 9.9 .9 to 19.9, .9, then you basically have your financing in hand. Um, so you will have those discussions with likely investors when you're contemplating a financing. And if they are not there, 
then you're probably not going to pull the trigger when you might like to. Um, it is really based on the level of interest and companies will be going out there kind of soft pitching some likely candidates about this is what we're thinking about doing. It will be based on market conditions. And if it's receptive, then you're going to move forward. And, and that's ideally where you want to be. But if a company gets down to a point in time where you have very little in the treasury, the market knows that also. You really can't wait. At the end of the day, you know, if you're trying to be cute and time the market and you're running out of cash, it doesn't really ever get any better for you. The market knows you still need the money and likely your capital is going to continue to get more and more expensive as your treasury gets lower and lower and lower. You know, and ultimately you can't and ultimately you can't create value if you don't have money. You need the money to to launch your program to to come up with that discovery or, or continue results. I mean, there's a there's kind of a train of thought or sort of certainly a, a a belief with some CEOs that I speak to is like the time to go and raise money is when you got money. Yeah, I, I love that point of view. Always from a position of strength, like everything in life. Um, and that's what I'd be kind of hoping we might be able to do this year. We'll be mobilizing in there. Well, we're mobilizing into Clio right now as we speak. And I expect that drilling will be underway in the first week of July. Uh, I suspect that the labs won't be as busy as last year because of the market conditions. A lot of companies have not been able to access capital and launch the, the exploration programs they were planning. So I don't think we're going to see as much exploration activity. I think the labs uh, won't be as busy and they're more staffed up. So I'm expecting turnaround time to be a little bit better. So let's imagine we get started in the first week of July and we might be able to complete uh, three to four drill holes by the end of July, beginning of August and submit them to the labs. It's conceivable that we could have results end of September, beginning of October. And if the market is there, we would certainly look to, to raise at that point in time if, if the results are good and the market is open. It's, it's better to, I think, again, you're right, it's better to raise from the position of strength and it would put us in better position for next year to already have that capital instead of waiting to the end of a program. Right. Now, I want to, I want to pick you up on this one because it's, it, it, we had a good conversation last time, at, right? You're going about doing things the right way for the right reasons, okay? But in terms of the way that you – I think you're doing something which I think – you know, again, companies at an earlier stage need to do. They need to kind of talk to the headlines. They need to kind of talk to the market and things that are hot, right? So you're positioning this as a copper gold porphyry company, not a gold copper porphyry company. And, you know, we kind of discovered or we agreed that, you know, with the results today, you were, it's kind of more, more gold than copper. So, um, what, what, do you have a strong belief still that this is going to be a more a copper story than a gold story? And what do you do in terms of not just driving the narrative, but in terms of making sure that that's exactly what you deliver? Do you, do you know what I mean? Because again, there's this, and I think you talk about it in, in some of your, your um, communication, which is given what's going on down in South America, typically the big kind of copper district, Chile, is, well, it's, a, it, it, it's in a sort of, Interesting, interesting time at the moment. You know, can you take advantage of that? Is is, is what I'm asking. Absolutely, and and that's why we're seeing so much more interest in these sort of projects in BC. We were very fortunate to to pivot to copper gold porphyry projects in BC in January 2020 when copper was just trading slightly north of two dollars a pound. I mean, there was not a lot of interest in porphyry projects in BC the last decade, but with the electrification of society. 
And as you're rightly pointing out, the increased political, social, environmental risk in South America, we're seeing a lot more interest. I mean, we're seeing the strategic investments. We're seeing the joint ventures like ourselves with Antifagasta with a secondary project. You're seeing the M&A. Uh, we're seeing a lot more interest in these sort of projects. So that was uh, one of the key driving forces behind our company looking to pivot to copper gold porphyry projects and our desire to create uh, a portfolio of projects that could be a ready-made solution for any mid-tier senior that doesn't have exposure to porphyry projects in BC and wants it. Okay, so back, back to the first bit. Sorry, my, my question is coming quite long. Sometimes it's just a, it's a train of thought, really, um, which is, you know, you, you are positioning yourself as a, a copper gold story. You know, what the market probably doesn't need is another gold explorer story. There's a, there's a lot of them, right? Um, so how do you ensure that your 6,000 meters of drilling at, at Clio, um, is gonna give you that side of the story, actually deliver on this, on the narrative rather than you having to sort of engineer a story around that one? Well, that's a good point. And, you know, I think when you look at a lot of these, comparables, uh, you know, comparables to Clayola as far as the, the you know, the, the porphyry style mineralization of BC, it's typically a kind of a one-to-one -one ratio, copper to gold. And you're right, ourse ourselves right now, we have a, a higher gold ratio. So we're about a two-to-one gold to copper. Uh, but we feel that there's potential for higher grade copper mineralization it, it, in Clayola. And we've encountered that in several zones where we might get be getting some bornite, which is a higher grade copper sulfide. So we do think there is a potential for higher grade copper mineralization, but at the end of the day, I mean, the ratio doesn't have to go to a one-to-one. -one. I mean, it could still stay a two-to-one. At the end of the day, you're just trying to prove that you've got something that could be really, really big. And that's what we're trying to do this year. We, we think we have the grades that work and this year's program now is to demonstrate that it has the size potential. And if we can demonstrate it has the size potential, um, well, a two to one ratio can work out well for you because then it could be of interest to both a copper or a gold company. So you're just increasing that universe of potential M&A uh, candidates. Okay, no, I'll buy that. Um, all about size. No, all no, about size. I, I, it's, it's all about scale and, that, and that's what you've got to do. So, it, so given there hasn't been a lot of holes drilled, a lot of meters, but not a lot of holes, 6,000 meters is good. So can you break that down? Have you got a sense of what that looks like? Have you got a drill program? Yeah, so you're right. Uh, Clio was first drilled in 1974. Uh, when we acquired it in 2020, it only seen the Clio main zone itself had only seen about 35 holes, and only six of those were deeper that got into the porphyry. So the first deep hole was drilled in 2006. There was two holes drilled in that campaign. Tech had an option on it in 2014, 2015. They drilled four more holes and, and returned probably the best values to date until we drilled it last year. So in total now, we're only talking about nine holes that got into the porphyry system. We'll be looking to drill 12 holes this year. So this will be the biggest drill program to have ever taken place at Clayol. And it will be entirely focused on expanding the, the footprint of mineralization to Clayol main zone laterally into depth. And it will be the, the lateral extent that we'll be testing is, is quite extensive. And if we're able to, to push out in the directions we're hoping to, and continue to intersect mineralization, it will demonstrate size potential. Right. Okay. Absolutely. So, so give, give me a sense of because um, obviously porphyries tend to be able to suck up a lot of dollars by you know you know deep drilling etc. So when you say you're 
the type of drilling, the number of the, how shallow, how deep are you going? How much is each hole going to cost you? Yeah, I, I think the best way to think about it is a 6,000 meter program and 12 holes. So average 500 okay. meters of hole. Okay. Uh, one of the, you know, a lot of people think porphyry drilling is quite expensive. The, the one advantage and one of the reasons why I like porphyry cell mineralization is because it's, it's broadly disseminated. So a lot of people really like high-grade veins. I, I don't like them as much because it requires a lot more drilling. I mean, you might have to have five or 10 meter spacing, but in a porphyry, because it's broadly disseminated, your spacing can be 50 to 100 meters and you might still be able to get out with the resource number. So yeah, you might be doing some deeper drilling. The, the real cost here is the because you are in North Central BC and you have a limited season and you're having to construct a camp and, and utilize a helicopter. So I don't look at the cost on, on a per meter basis. I just look at the total cost. So we've budgeted 6,000 meters for our entire exploration program this year. Clyol is 5.3. And the drill program itself is going to be about 4.7. So you're looking at about, you know, 800 odd meters, uh, pardon me, $800 a meter for, for you're all in costs for everything, the kitchen sink. Right. So, uh, so uh, okay. Which is above average for you know easier jurisdictions, which open a bit you know open more more of the year. So you need to work harder, you need to work smarter, and you need to kind of do what you did with the first two holes last year, which is you know deliver some strong numbers. So again, what are you working towards on on that front in terms of signalling to the to the market? Because it. I would say, you know, journalists like to do things that, that are a very logical, linear way and do things the right way, but you can't quite afford to do that where you are, right? It's not like you got a whole bunch of money. If you had, you know, any, all the money you, you needed to do any, the drill program that you wanted to do, you'd probably do it a slightly different way. So again, what are you aiming to try to find and what are you aiming to try to talk to the market about? Sure. I think this year's program is going to be is going to be more successful than last year. And when I say that, that's also from a timing logistical point of view. And also I'm confident that we will be able to step out and continue to intersect mineralization. So last year we didn't get started till the first week of August. So we're going to be in there a month earlier. And we only had one drill rig last year. This year we'll have two drill rigs. Uh, so I, I suspect that what you'll be doing, and, and this is something we have been discussing internally, is you know the first few holes uh, will be focused probably more in the, the Clio main zone. There, there's some gaps that need to get filled. I think there's some sort of uh, safer step out drilling you can do initially. Uh, but ultimately, what we need to do is to, to step out and demonstrate size potential. And there's a number of compelling targets where we think we're going to have that sort of success. At the end of the day, because you're looking at there's only been nine holes to date, uh, the Clio main zone is, is open in all directions and at depth. So there's unlimited blue sky for us to continue to increase the size potential here. And this is the first step in that. And my analogy, or when people say, well, what's your best case? Well, my best case scenario is something like GT Gold that was acquired by Newmont last year for $450 million. It, it was a brand new discovery in 2018. They put out a resource in uh, 2020, and they were acquired by Newmont later that year. And they spent $37 million outlining about an 800 million ton resource. Right. At lower grade, at lower grades than we have. Okay. And give me, just remind me in terms of like the peer analysis, like people in the district 
with similar profiles to that which you are chasing in terms of porphyry. Um, are there any second success stories? I'm not saying you know, are you in the head frame of someone else? I'm just trying to understand, given the remoteness of this, the, the, the cost of the exploration component, who's this going to appeal to eventually? Well, again, I, I think it could, could appeal to any mid-tier senior copper or gold company if we can, if we can outline the size. And, and as far as I'm concerned, the minimum size we have to demonstrate here is 250 million tons. I think that's the, the, the minimum sort of tonnage that people would be interested in here. And I think we have seen mines and deposits of that size that are somewhat similar that have been mined out. Say like Centera's Chemist South to the north was an open pit porphyry style system in similar grades to what we're seeing at Clayul. And there is a deposit called Chemist North which is just a little bit further than Chemist South, which is in the feasibility stage. And then of course you have Mount Milligan to the South, which again, similar style of mineralization, which is currently an operating porphyry mine. So there, there is a lot of activity in the area. I'd say it's only remote with respect to that we're in the Alpine and we have to take a helicopter from the main forestry road, but infrastructure is actually quite good. You had that forestry mining road and adjacent power constructed to the North to serve Chemist uh, South and Chemist North. And we're only about five kilometers off that. So if we can have enough success, then at some point in time, you'd be looking to drive a road up into that main operating area. And that would save you, uh, you know, a lot of money with respect to helicopter support, but also extend your season because now you've got a road in and out. Okay. So, so that's the, okay. So Matt Milligan, that, that's Santara, I think. Um, and then you kind of got Red Chris as well. Okay. Pro projects like that. Because again, you need to be working towards something. Again, when I speak to CEOs who built Mines in the past, they say from day one, they kind of know what the end game is in terms of you know how they fit in the district and, what, and you know infrastructure they can take advantage of, or or potentially who the strategic partners are who may be interested if they can deliver similar projects. And you know we've talked in the past about your track record and your your team. So you, have you got a sort of sense of what you need to do to get noticed? Absolutely. Well, I think we're getting a lot of notice now. Um, you know, before I talked to you in February, we, we did speak to a lot of uh, mid-tier and senior copper and gold mining companies because my first goal with respect to the financing was trying to get a, a corporate strategic investor. We weren't able to get there, uh, but we certainly understand now what they're looking for. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, it was still still very early days at Clayol, and we hadn't even reported the results from our first three holes. So I'm, not, I'm not surprised that we didn't get any takers. Uh, but now with the results of those first three holes, and we're getting back there with a much bigger drill program, if we can continue to deliver success, I think we will get one of those corporate strategic investors. And definitely, you know, getting back to my earlier point, I think we know exactly what we need to, to demonstrate. On, Tell me, I want to know. Yeah, minimum 250 million tons of the same sort of grade we're returning now, we'll do it. Simple as that, one thing. Bigger, even better, but that's your minimum. Okay. And and that would that would encourage them to do what? Come on board as a strategic partner at oh, nine point nine or nineteen point nine? I think it's entirely feasible that you could get a corporate strategic investor before you even had a resource. Yeah, no, I'm just saying at the next step then, if you're looking thinking about MA, I think that's the minimum sort of target that might encourage someone to go forward if you publish Got a resource it. of that. Got it, because that, that gives a sense of timing, right? So re resources is, is a ways off. So um, you you can get a strategic on well. Before. So what are the strategics looking for between now and then? Forget the the, the mid tiers to to, to the, the big boys in terms of number of t amount of tonnage and scale. What, what would a strategic need to see from you? 
Uh, I think there's two things. If you're talking to like a pure play copper producer, they would still like to see some higher copper values. Um, so that would be great if we can get in there and continue to tag into some higher grade copper zones. And, and we think there is the potential for that. And that is... Being, being be what? Pl pl plus 0.5? About, point, about 0 0.4. 0 0.4. 4 above. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I think that's kind of, for some of those senior coppers, I'd be kind of like their minimum sort of threshold. Uh, but others, I think really what they're looking for here is size because they just don't know. And, and ultimately, we don't know until we drill it either. It's uh, You've got to demonstrate it's got the size potential. And, and again, that's really the, the goal of this year's program. Most of the companies we spoke to, there weren't concerns on the grade, except if you were a pure play copper company. For, for the rest, it was really just about, well, how does it get bigger? Can it get bigger? Okay, so you so despite it being a two to one ratio gold to copper, you're going to maintain the copper story because that's where you think the interest is. That's where the shortage is. I, you know, as I said, probably rather glibly, um, we don't need another you know junior gold story here. But so gold is a byproduct, quite a lot of byproduct um, is is fine in terms of as far as you're concerned with regards to the narrative for a strategic partner. Or I say one or mid tier looking for two hundred and fifty um, or above. That's what you're sticking yeah. with, okay? Yeah. And, and again, I mean, uh, say in the instance uh, of GT Gold, the acquirer there was Newmont. So mm. I mean, you know, gold companies are also interested in, in copper. Uh, you know, copper and gold are a great hedge against each other. It's it's never a bad thing to have both on your books as far as producing assets goes. Right. Okay. So, okay, we're gonna we're gonna work our way through the six thousand meter drill program. Obviously, I think you've you've re referenced uh, Antipagaster and um, the the um, RDP uh, project. They're cracking on. Are they? Nothing changed there. Still interested. They're still no. So, money. so what's going to happen? And this this again comes down to logistics. Uh, and, and again, feeds that narrative about you know uh, senior copper mining companies being more and more interested in BC. So. Uh, the, you know, I think the, the thing I always point out to people is that, do you think that, you know, RDP was Antivagasta's first pick? No, it wasn't. Clio was their first pick, but we feel that has the best potential for new discovery. So we want to make sure our shareholders have the most leverage and exposure to it. So we weren't open to doing a deal on it. Um, but they are still looking for good quality assets. They like our team. They like how we do business. So they, they inquired about RDP. And, and honestly, if we're focused on Clayul and that's our flagship and that's what we're going to be advancing and devoting the lion's share of our budget to, was it conceivable that we could also launch uh, a, a decent sized program at RDP concurrently uh, with Clayul? And the answer really at this point in time was no. So it made a lot of sense for us to partner with the senior that wants to spend their funds advancing another one of our projects. And then this is where the logistical synergies come in because RDP is quite close to Clayul. That was one of the reasons why we liked it. It's only about 40 kilometers to the west and it has returned good numbers. And that's why Antifagasta was really interested in it. But it means that while we're advancing Clayul, we can support that program from the Clayul camp, and that's exactly what we'll be doing. So we'll be starting with two drill rigs at Clayul, and once we're satisfied, we can get to that 6,000 meter mark with one rig, then we'll move the other drill rig over to RDP, and we'll just be moving people back and forth every day, and they'll be based on the, the Clayul camp. So we'll be the operator, Antifagasta is funding it, and that's budgeted at $2 million. 
Okay, for fifteen hundred meters. Okay, un- understood. And you said that you'd allocated a little bit of camel for the some of the other um, porphyry targets that you have too. Is that is that right? Yeah, so is we've. It, why we've why, why do that? Because I'm people are interested in like, why not get focused? But in this market, why not get focused with your money? Why, why spread the the risk? I think really to to help protect yourself against risk. It's uh, kind of your your plan A, B, C. So obviously, plan A is that we're going to have tremendous success at Kyul, and we're going to remain absolutely focused on it. So is Antipagas with RDP. Um, and if that's the case. Well, now you've got these three other projects there, but they, there, there is some data. Uh, we would like to get these projects drill ready. And so the work we're doing on these projects just this year will get them drill ready. So that means that if we're having a lot of success at, at Clayul and Antifagas at RDP, now we have some other projects that are, are drill ready. And that means that perhaps we can bring in other partners for those projects, maybe some other mid-tiers or seniors that can spend their money and advance them. Or, heaven forbid, you don't have the sort of success you might like at Clio or RDP, and now you need to think about moving on to other projects. Well, now we have some other projects that the, the exact same thesis as Clio and RDP and are, are ready to be drilled. Okay. Well, look, I, I guess the drill bit's going to do the talking for you. So that program starts. So, yeah, so that they, they, they result. Imminently. Right, imminently. Brilliant. Okay. Results. Is that as delayed as it was last year? Are the are the assays getting back a little bit quicker? No, last year, uh, my goodness, last year we completed the last hole at end of September, and we didn't have the whole uh, the results until that uh, was late February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it better? I think it's better. Well, it remains to be seen. I, I again, this is just based on my own gut feeling that there's there isn't going to be as much exploration this year, so the lab shouldn't be as busy, and also. Um, we have a head start on a lot of our peers this year too because we're getting in sooner and there's been a lot more snowfall in bc the whole west coast of north america was colder and wetter this year so a lot a lot more snow up in the mountains that kind of it actually pushed us back a couple weeks but we're still ahead of a lot of our peers and a lot of companies that say might be in the golden triangle where there's you know going to be a lot of activity and the other thing, okay, just one more thing is um, you've obviously brought um, Paul Jago um, in from Centara, or where he has he works at Centara. Um, w- why do that? Was your team not up to scratch before, or is he bringing something special to the table given what Centara have been doing in the region? A lot of different reasons. Obviously, that uh, he's a, a BC porphyry expert, um, and, and having worked with Centara, a lot of our assets came from Centara, like Clayul, like Chuchi. Um, so he, he really knows his stuff and he actually worked on Mount Milligan as well as a graduate student. So he, he really knows North central BC and, and porphyry systems and deposits and mines in BC. So he's a great addition, uh, with respect to the technical team, just really strengthens it. And, and I guess I, I had a concern a number of months ago, and I think we all did internally that, uh, did we have the bench strength? You know, we've we've moved so quickly the last 18 months from, well, when I came on, you know, we had our Kyle and, and our, our Redton. Then we acquired three more projects. We strengthened the board. We raised the money. We, we launched another drill program. So we were getting to the point in time where I think we just needed more help. And that's what Paul is going to enable us to do. So not only is he an expert, he's an extra set of hands. So he's going to be sort of supporting Dinesh Schwab, the VP exploration for the drill programs up at Kyle 
and RDP, but he will be leading sort of the regional exploration on Ho Chi Chi and Red Team, those projects to the south, uh, close to Mount Milligan. So it's, uh, I think he was very much needed. It, I, I think there was a bit of a gap just as far as, as bodies and experts that can help us again achieve our goal of, of, as far as becoming BC's leading copper gold exploration company. So I have extraordinary confidence in our team and our ability to get this done. Okay, brilliant. Well, I, I look forward to seeing um, some of the results come out. Uh, well, hopefully as soon as, soon as possible, but it'd be nice to see um, Chi Chi and Anjo and Redton uh, advance too. So I um, appreciate your time today, yeah. Blaine. Uh, good to see you. You too.